So we are now recording. We're recording. Um, <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, I could do an intro, but okay. usually I just add an intro in afterwards, sure. and I'll be like, "That's fine." But I'll do an intro right now. Right. And my okay. intro is that I am today joined with the amazing Elizabeth Rayner. Very smart individual, great person, and uh, I'd like to jump in first of all with how you think and imagine things. <laughs> imagine. You're on the beach. I can't do it, Tom. <laughs> so Explain I, as, in, as far in depth as you okay. can what you mean by that. I mean, I'm an expert on this for about one week, so I don't have much what, to go on. Week? But I was, I was on Facebook or something like that about a week ago, and I saw something that blew my mind, my unimaginative mm-hmm. mind, which was that apparently some people don't have an inner voice in their head, yeah. which basically means that when you think, the, the way I think anyway, is if I'm reading something, the little voice in my head is, is saying it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like listening to it and it can sing songs and it can do yeah. accents, you know, anything like that. And so I was really shocked by that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, how is this, how is this a thing? Um, and then just by like going deeper into that and just learning more about that, because I was genuinely interested, I came across something else that said, do you know that there are some people who can't see images in their heads? <laughs> and I thought, oh, right, that's, what, what do you, what do you mean by that? And so I clicked on this thing and it said, you know, imagine an apple, <laughs> shut your eyes and picture an apple. And so I was like, sure, easy. Yeah. Shut my eyes, was trying to picture anything. It's just black. And I just thought that was normal. And I thought, what, picture an apple or visualize yourself on the beach meant that your head was just saying, you were on a beach, there is an apple. And I've been trying to picture myself on a beach for so long that my head thinks it's really funny. It's just making like, whoosh. (laughs) 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 Noises, like, like, Like here's the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's apparently this thing that about, I think it said something like 2% of the population have that basically mean that, your mind's eye is blind. <laughs> mind's Which eye is blind. sounds ridiculous. Essentially it, cool as well, though. Does it? <laughs> mm, it's like a sad superpower. <laughs> 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 like, you can't see yourself anywhere. So I've been talking... At first, I, I thought this was ridiculous. I thought there is no way that people can see things in colour in colour in their heads like that no that's just that's silly and so I've been asking pretty much every single person I know Mm -hmm. and saying to them so like when you are reading a book when they're reading a book they can like yeah you just visualise the scene you don't yeah yeah. I am I am beyond shocked by this because I've never done that and I'm an avid reader Mm. but I've never like visualised when you're reading a book what, what are you how are you sort of like do you not picture the scene i don't picture it so much as the only way i can describe it is if i'm thinking of an apple i know that i'm thinking of an apple but i can't see it so if i'm reading the book i know that i'm thinking about the scene of the book but i can't actually see it so i know that i'm thinking of it and i know what it would look like it's just not literally it's not literally in my head yeah how weird yeah have you come across anyone that has this only online only online or the weirdos live <laughs> like me no there was there's been a few like somebody did a ted talk about it and everybody um who was commenting on it was sort of saying i've had this my whole life and i didn't know this was unusual which is mm. similar to me yeah you didn't realize but especially like do you know all these new terms that start to take on new meaning like counting sheep right yeah you can they can, you can do what <laughs> i'm just really taken aback by this so that's my I fun feel like discovery. If I find out something that drastically different. Yeah. That I was like, no offense, but a complete <laughs> anomaly in society. Yeah. I would freak out. I don't know how I would handle yeah. that. I've, I'm a very freak out prone person. <laughs> so I don't know why I've not freaked out about this. I suppose because it's something that 
it's always been that way for mm. me and it wasn't until very recently i discovered that it's not normal and it doesn't hinder me in any way because I've, yeah. I've got a very active imagination but i guess it's just in a different form like it's not in the form of visually seeing things mm. but it's in the form of thinking myself into places do you paint or anything like that i draw. draw you draw I draw yeah how do you envision what you're drawing well this is an interesting thing hmm. i was thinking about this because i thought i've never been able to picture necessarily in my head what something was going to look for i'm good at drawing from a picture right so i'm good at drawing people's faces if i have a picture of them and i'm almost essentially copying yeah. it um so I do you've got like picture realism p- picture there, reference yeah. yeah um and like if i was to shut my eyes and i was to like picture your head mm-hmm. i can't see it but i know but what you could describe the features like. and, yeah and, what's and like there, yeah. i wouldn't walk past you in the street there clearly has to be some form of Connection, picture recognition yeah. in there like i don't quite mm. know how it works very interesting why? I feel like this is <laughs> something that we should know about by now. You know, uh, right? I feel like that's something that yeah. should probably be a little bit more common. It's only being coined is in the last little while. Much information about it online? No, nothing at all. Really. Any studies? There's one like um, um, group. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you, you're my mom. I can't even picture that. <laughs> like, there's one. There's one like group. I cannot remember what they're called, but. The actual title for it begins with an A, and I can't actually tell you what it's called. It's like some fancy title, but it's just mm. lack of mind's eye. Um, and there's one group that have like they've got a quiz on their website to see if you've got it, kind of thing. Mm. I got them all correct, so lucky me. Ding, ding, ding. You, you're. <laughs> I won it. You're the top of that two percent. I am indeed. <laughs> you're the ultra minority. Because <laughs> apparently there's quite a spectrum to it as well. Some right. people see you only in black and white. Some people see in colour, some people see very, very realistic, some people see cartoon sort of images, that kind of thing as well. Like they can sort of see that kind of side of things, but I am on the the, the very end of the spectrum, which is just black. Nothing. Nothing Nothing. nothing at all. Is it even black or just void? It's black. I would say it's black. So it's just black for negative space. Yeah, like if you shut your eyes, it's just black there's nothing mm. there's nothing there's nothing in my head yeah. <laughs> people have been trying to tell me that eyes, for years <laughs> i honestly think that when i close my eyes i instantly start seeing really? shapes and, and, crazy. and images and, and things that i'm thinking of really? become like more tangible when oh, i close I'm my eyes so become jealous of that yeah i think well, maybe, that's just crazy i don't know it's, it sounds like almost like it could be beneficial could it <laughs> like if you were writing it's uh-huh. probably better to constantly mm. think of the uh audible equivalent or sure. l- l- literature yeah. equivalent well that's interesting because i have always known that i'm more of an auditory learner mm. um, you'd make a terrible director or <laughs> someone would. in cinema i probably would um but in terms of like if i'm trying to study for an exam or something mm. some people will write out their notes lots of times or read their notes mm. i record myself saying stuff mm. and then i listen to it for weeks right. on end before i go into an exam and that's how i remember things like and Mrs. Baird's class in history at high school, the best teacher. Yeah, she always had little ways of saying things. Um, that she would put things in a specific way. Um, and that would stay in my head more than reading the notes. Right. Because like my mum, for instance, says that if she memorizes like properly, properly memorizes something, she can see the page and she can read the words on wow. the page. And I thought she was having a laugh, right? <laughs> but yeah. that is apparently not out with the realms of possibility if people can actually see things in their head. Yeah. What's that called? Like the when you can sort of look at a scene and you can... Like almost, photograph it. Yeah, photograph yeah. memory. Yeah. So I suppose it's a similar thing akin to that. There's photographic memory and what's the other one? There's not photographic sure. and then... There's one where you can remember an actual scene. Exactly. Right. As, and then there's one where you can just create patterns. So like There's like a mind palace. 
a that's main palace. That's kind of a thing, yeah. yeah, where you can create your own little I Sherlock Holmes thing. I think I've got a main palace, but it's just a mess. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah, it needs a bit organised. Um, <laughs> just not, go in there, have yeah. we tidy up. <laughs> yeah, uh, everything's about everywhere. It's Fair not enough. in alphabetical order, it's not in colour order, it's in no order. No order it at needs, all. Maybe it's in nonsense order. Maybe. I, I don't know how you understand well, that order. I would give anything to see what that looks like. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. But yeah, that's the fun fact. That is... Honestly, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> I can't as much either. as I can picture it, yeah, I can't wrap I my head around it. it. Must be nice. <laughs> so, Very so bitter. Um, I wonder... Oh, I really want there to be like studies on it. I want I, I want know. to read more about it. I want I know, to I'll be put like myself a forward. I wonder if I can get paid. Pay yeah. me. <laughs> That's a good place to put it. Yeah, advertisement. I will be your test subject. That'll be fun. Um <laughs> do you think that you've ever like realized this and no. not realized it at the same time? I had absolutely no idea. No, you not just thought, a clue. Huh? So you uh, until about two weeks or a week yeah, ago. A week ago. A week ago. A week ago. No you idea. You thought everyone thought like that. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, if you're thinking, you kind of assume that, obviously people don't think the same, but you assume that the way they yeah. think is the same. And I had never had any reason to question that. Yeah. I just thought when people said visualise, it was a, a figure of speech yeah. almost. And there's never been like an exercise where you have to draw what you're visualising or something. So I've never been told, no, it literally, like nobody's ever had to explain that to me because they don't have to explain it to anybody who has a mind's eye. <laughs> so, so yeah. You think, doesn't this kind of, in a sense, show how failed our education system is? <laughs> that they couldn't pick up, they that you just couldn't visualise? Can't visualise. Well, do you know, the only class that I ever didn't get, like, a good, like, you know how we that those stupid, like, five-star system from, like, first mm. to third year, and they give you, like, a rating out of five stars. Please say it's art. Art. <laughs> <laughs> I got two stars for not trying, <laughs> Miss Loudon. That's so funny. <laughs> I I'm love so, how you're name-dropping everywhere. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I got five stars in everything, Tom. Academia was my life. Blooming <laughs> 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 art. <laughs> Just because I can't draw to save myself. Well, mm. I can a bit now, but I couldn't then. <laughs> only, only if you've got an image there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a problem. Just like you say, draw a bird. Mm. Okay, who's well, a bird? <laughs> on the subject of academia. Yes, academia. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you study. Right, okay. So... I, I know the answer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell the audience. <laughs> to the masses, study. okay. Everybody is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I study medieval history and yeah. comparative literature as a joint subject at St Andrews. Can you give me a dictionary definition <laughs> of comparative literature? No. <laughs> Nobody it can. Exist. It's not real. <laughs> it's um one it's of those subjects that we spend more time discussing what it means Mm. than the actual subject itself because it is a relatively very new discipline especially to st andrews only within the last decade or so it's Mm. been offered and only as a joint degree um so we spend a lot of time discussing what comparative literature means the rundown that i can give you that is the way that i describe it like a layman's opinion which i'll get shot if anybody hears (laughs) describing it like this Mm -hmm. but it is basically english in a way but instead of studying texts that were originally written in english you're studying texts that were um written in in french or spanish Mm -hmm. or um any language that have been translated into english and you're studying translation as an art and as a medium and you're also not restricted to texts so we study films and we studied a garden because gardens can be literature in a way um because the the whole point of um, comparative literature is challenging traditional sort of lit- literary thinking um and so we study a whole wide range of stuff and medieval history is a lot more straightforward that's just <laughs> <laughs> that's just history it's from the fall of the western roman empire up until about 1500 is the period that we have right 
which is quite fun. Uh, what made you choose those subjects? <laughs> is that a joint degree itself or did you choose them individually? It's a joint degree. I uh, fell into it. You um, fell into it. Yeah, so I applied for St Andrews and I applied to two degrees. I applied to medieval history and ancient history as a joint mm. and to medieval history and English as a joint. And I got rejected from medieval history and English and I got accepted into medieval history and ancient history mm. on the basis that they told me in the application that they only accept you for one of the degrees you have applied for. They couldn't accept you for both for some reason. Right. I don't know why. Um, okay. But St Andrews is prides itself for having a very flexible degree system so it said that when I went there and I went to matriculation I could change my degree to what I wanted to do so I went there with the intent of picking up medieval history and English that's what I always thought I was going to do mainly because of Maryland (laughs) but I I went to um, matriculation and they told me all the spots for English were full because it's a very sought after degree and so they said the only way that I could transfer into English in second year was if I did this weird little program called comparative literature right. because the credits transfer they over. They, were doing. they did, they and I was like, I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed about this in honesty because I've gone there mm. thinking I was going to study English, but I thought this is the only way they can do it, so I'll just have to roll with it. Went into comparative literature, absolutely loved it. Fell mm. completely. It's my favorite subject. Not um, it is my favorite thing in the world. Um. And then in second year, because English had always been what I was going to do, I transferred into English, did it for a year, and transferred straight back again. Because really? Conflict, just, conflict is what I thought English should have been. And then I went ah, into English, right. and English was much more traditional poetry. Mm. It was interesting. Not again, it was an interesting subject, but it wasn't for me. I loved mm. the freedom that you get with Conflict. Yeah. It is fun, though, because it's actually in the Modern Studies department. No, right. not modern studies, what am I saying? Modern languages, that's right. what I mean. So I'm going to graduate with a medieval history and modern languages degree without speaking another language. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a fun one to explain to employers. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that must be the only subject you could study then without actually having to learn a yeah, second language it is. within um, that area. Lots of universities require you to have a second language. Mm. I have National 5 Spanish and I can read <laughs> rudiment, rudimentary Spanish mm. like with the help of a dictionary. So if I absolutely had to do something, it would have been Spanish. Right. But luckily, St Andrews, because it wanted to make it quite an accessible degree at undergrad level, um, they have made it so that you can do comparative literature um without having another language which made it possible for me and one other girl in my class who didn't speak another language to do the degree to honors um it has its pros and cons because a lot of people who have another language mainly it's their native language because st andrews has a lot of um uh what's it called i forgot the word um students foreign students international that's international. the word international students foreign, foreign students. students i couldn't think of the word <laughs> sorry um, <laughs> sounded bad um um and so Call they have culture's gonna oh, come no, get God. you <laughs> um but they've got lots of um very interesting perspectives from their own literature mm. because they will read something that they read say as a child in their own language and then they'll read it in translation and quite often they say the translation reads entirely differently the, mm. the messages aren't the same so things are being taken out the way that uh, the the literal words themselves translate into English don't always capture the nuances in language. Mm. Um, so there is a the only way I was able to swing it really with my um, essays and stuff is by constantly talking about train spotting because I thought I can do a dialect versus language as Ooh. a way so I can I can speak Scots oh check me <laughs> <laughs> I can understand Glasgow <laughs> um, so I thought by reading things dialectically and then discussing if that was different. As if that was as much of a different language as English, proper English. And as um, it, would you consider it? I would. Yeah. I would in lots of ways. Um, 
while it obviously follows the same patterns mm. um it has it has different i think language is nuances isn't it so mm-hmm. one word can mean one thing one word is acceptable in one language and it's completely unacceptable in another there's lots of things like that like what <laughs> like the c word for instance oh people yeah. say that a lot here and mm-hmm. i went to university i mean i don't swear anyway but mm. um and i was very used to people saying that in very common language that wasn't i'd never considered that to be the worst possible mm. swear word and then i went to university and it's the worst possible swear word it's the one that they censor if they don't censor anything else mm. like um but the words like that are very common in glasgow in areas like oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and so there, there's things like that like swear words are an interesting part of language as well that is interesting yeah. to look at to see what's acceptable in one country or what isn't mm. acceptable in another it's fascinating it's, it's so fascinating <laughs> yeah um, my mind is literally expanding right now yeah i'm I'm trying to hold it on that's why i love it it's every day you get a new conversation with somebody who has an entirely different um background and opinion to you it's great Mm. um when you were talking about uh when things text is being translated into english and then it it kind of ends up being quite poor in english Mm -hmm. very different is that almost always the case not always um for one example, they um they set us a test in first year. We had to read Anna Karenina, and it was the Penguin translation, which Penguin translation you would think would be quite reliable. It's a very big name, and it was by the the biggest name, the biggest really? name, yeah. yeah. And um the translation, I cannot actually remember the name for life of me, but they're a married man and woman, and the woman, I think the woman is Russian and the man is English, right. and so she translates. They they work as a pair to do it, but and I reading this this book translated into English loved I loved the book and then went to class and got told that it was the worst translation <laughs> and everybody there who had read it in Russian had told me it's nothing like it is nothing like the the original because basically we're looking at if a translator um changes the meaning of the book mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things like um and I've been out of <laughs> education so for a year so I forget all the technical terms but um there's this theory that um you you the reader give meaning to the book by reading it that the process of meaning is not completed until you have read it because you ascribe your own meaning right, right. but if there is somebody in the middle of that process translating the meaning the original meaning to almost a new meaning are you getting the true meaning you see like there's a lot of ways to go down that I, I, that is sort of like sound so sound yeah, isn't created sure. until it's entered yeah, yeah. The, the, uh-huh. the ear mm-hmm. it's just a vibration yeah. so does that mean that what we're doing right now yeah. this is the translator the mm-hmm. mic and there, those people were listening there is thought like that you know yeah. so mm-hmm. it's interesting that's a good metaphor for it is, is everything in the modern era just skewed <laughs> through things like phones and and yeah. translation and, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating yeah i actually studied wattpad What's Wattpad? Um, uh, well, that's... <laughs> what, 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 Wattpad pad? died a while ago, but Wattpad um, was sort of the basis of what was called cell phone novels, um, which cell is basically kind of like a blog almost. People oh, okay. self-publishing novels online, just text, like putting it's almost in text form on their phone and uploading it immediately. And you upload chapter by chapter. And so wow. we studied like different mediums. So self-publishing. That's um, so interesting. If self-publishing reduces censorship for instance which obviously not in some countries because some countries internets are Mm. but in somewhere like america or here you can put pretty much anything you want online and you don't have to run it by a publisher Mm. so is the publisher helping to ascribe meaning as well Mm. is a question that's interesting yeah um oh (laughs) it's your thinking doesn't it it does it does yeah (laughs) 
I can just see your mind kind of like working. Interesting. I can tell you a fun thing that we did last year, mm-hmm. which is we talked about a thing called petrol cultures and petrol fiction. Petrol? Which, pe- well, petrol, but yeah, it's, oh, to petrol. Do, but it's to do with petrol. Oh. It's to do with oil. It's the fiction around oil. Because if you think about it, our entire world is based on oil. But we never talk about it, unless in the language of solutions. We talk about it in the language of solutions a lot. We talk about how we need to change this, that, or the other thing. But we never talk about it as a reality. We never, you never read a piece and it mentions oil in it unless it's some to say how bad oil is or the oil trade. You never read fiction that is about an oil rig <laughs> mm. or that is, it's always just in the background because we are so used to having cars and to mm. have things that are powered by oil. Like our entire world is powered by oil and yet it is a hushed subject because it's, um, um, some people have said it's a pornographic subject. It's so taboo to discuss how we, how, like how human society functions um, because of all of the scandals in oil and how it's ruining the environment and everything like that. And so you never ever read anything unless it's to discuss how to stop using oil or how to save it. It's never addressed in literature, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, how, how, how would someone address oil? That is a good question. An interesting, an interesting thing story. for so people to read. There was this... Um, the short story competition i think it was the guardian run it run it ran it good good mm-hmm. luck li- <laughs> good grammar <laughs> um, and this, good um, and this um, quite a famous short story author i think he does all this stuff as well i couldn't actually tell you called china meville wrote this story to um enter into it called kovalaith kovalaith i don't know how you pronounce it anyway it's about sentient oil rigs sentient <laughs> sentient oil rigs. oil rigs who come up onto the shores of beaches um <laughs> like 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 aliens basically mm. and um people go bird watching well uh, watch oil rig watching mm. but as if it's bird watching yeah. to talk about how oils and how much we see oil is so part of the human experience and yet we don't ever acknowledge it That's so good. Yeah. it's really cool it's, i would recommend it it's a weird read yeah. not gonna lie it is it is odd <laughs> from what you just told me it definitely sounds like a weird read. it's very odd but it's um it's very powerful in a way um i've just i was just thinking there right um when translation when mm-hmm. when something's taken and it's translated into uh english yes and it sort of like it maybe loses meaning or mm-hmm. loses the sentiment mm-hmm. sentiment behind sure. it uh what about if it's religious text because mm. as far as i know yeah. almost all mm-hmm. like uh, scripture mm-hmm. wasn't none of it was in English yes that is actually something we discussed um, and I find that very interesting because as a Christian myself I have a mm. different view on it to a lot of people so a lot of people would say that um, it follows the same rules I would say from a religious perspective that um, language isn't a barrier to God's word basically right. so I would say so it's, a, it's completely antithetical to the way that my subject thinks but personally the way I would think is that um, God's word will retain its meaning and its nuance in any language because mm. the people that are working to translate it are doing it through God. Right. So it, it, trans- trans- it, it transcends. It transcends. Yeah. That's the way yeah. I see it. But many, many people would disagree with that. Right. That's an interesting really good idea. That was an interesting discussion we had in class, actually, because there was a lot of religious people and there was a lot of non-religious people. Mm. And so we were all Did kind of discussing. Did it break into debate? Mm. It was interesting. We, we generally, as a group of people, were very diver- diverse in our mm. classes. Um, so we don't tend to agree on that much, to be honest with you, um, which is really fun because we all respect each other's opinions and we have a, a good time listening to other people's uh, views on things. So 
that was a really interesting one to dig into because um, everybody had such different opinions on it. So that was fun. If you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. in, in like a time where almost religion seems to be dying out. Sure. Yeah. You, have you ever had, uh, have you ever been sort of discriminated upon as being like a sort of like mm-hmm. social minority or someone sure. that still believes? Um, I must say um, I've been very lucky in my life that I have not encountered abject discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had little little things here and there. I think um, I'm part of the Christian Union at St Andrews and we do a lot of volunteers hearing kind of things and you do tend to get a a few people who will not be shy about telling you your opinion of them Mm. especially drunk people but you know Mm. that's fine doesn't really bother me um i would say the most um provocative example i could think of was in modern studies in school and higher um in school in school yeah we were discussing the right to vote and somebody very um was very very adamant about this that christians in particular shouldn't have the right to vote <laughs> because they were all monsters really, oh that was honestly it. honestly was literally it. No... Um, um it was to do with um they were completely biased and uh their view of the world was outdated etc mm. um and so you know me i'm not a quiet person i <laughs> shoved my hand up immediately and was like oh, no <laughs> <laughs> but that was one moment that kind of just it struck me that there's a lot of people out there that see Mm. christianity as a a hateful thing and stuff like that which i knew already but until that moment that somebody said to me you shouldn't be allowed to vote because of your religion that i just what a strange i was so taken aback by that i mean yeah Yeah. that's that's a strange one you're not allowed to vote it is a strange (laughs) one isn't it it was and sometimes in school you were treated a little bit like a magic eight ball it was like <laughs> <laughs> literally it was like oh we, we all think this thing let's go see what the religious girl thinks which i didn't mind at all because everybody was lovely and um it's a good i mean it's a good opportunity to share your views with people if people mm. come up to you and willingly are just curious um but it was always it did kind of remind you that it was a um us and them kind of scenario mm. where it was like we're all enlightened and we all think like this isn't it quaint <laughs> but <laughs> it was uh, everybody at school couldn't fault them they were lovely <laughs> um does it feel a bit like that where it's like one team and another team it did at school i think because I was one of the only religious people, mm. at least openly religious people. Um, there might have been people in there, but I mean... Closeted religious people? <laughs> people who weren't as vocal as what I mean. Right. Um, I was always quite vocal about it and R&E and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I've never been quiet. <laughs> um, and then I went to uni and St Andrews is a very unique place in that it has a very large Christian union there. And so yeah. for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by people who felt the same way as I did. Mm. I mean, not all exactly the same, but, but there's some general that you terms. In a different way, yeah. um, the first time that I'd gone to a church that had lots of young people in it. Mm. My church is very geriatric and that's what I was used to. Yeah. Like, um, and then I went to this church and, you know, it was like we were fighting for space. We had to, mm-hmm. we had to move to a bigger mm-hmm. building, which is gobsmacking to me people probably wouldn't assume that in in the modern age (laughs) um but no so i would say that university has been a a privileged bubble of finding people who have similar opinions that i don't expect that to continue as i go off into the working world Mm. i very much i'm used to being the that one From someone uh, of, with your perspective, sure. who is religious, mm-hmm. who does follow and, and is open about it, yeah. why do you think that people see religion as an antiquated belief? Sure. Um, 
Well, I think there is. I think if I was looking at it from a completely outsider's perspective, I can I can understand how it could seem that way. A because maybe it's presented in that way a lot by the media. Mm-hmm. I would say, and um, maybe people don't question that why it's presented so much. If anything, it's old at all in our modern age or traditional it is looked mm. upon as bad <laughs> we're all we're in a culture of progress really mm, um, in lots of yeah. different ways um most of which are fantastic some of which you know people have different ideas about um and if you hold any sort of um <laughs> belief system that um doesn't agree with anything um and this replies for lots of different religions as well it's not just christianity religion as a whole has been sort of archived mm-hmm. <laughs> in society um you know it's very interesting um to see the differences in people's beliefs and i think there is a, a element of people being scared to talk about what they believe in mm. um because they're scared of people rejecting them or thinking that they're silly is a big thing when you were when like i was little if you'd say in primary school oh i go to church and i believe in jesus people would laugh at you <laughs> mm. because it would be like oh aren't you cute <laughs> like oh how naive mm. um and so I think there is a, a great deal that the church needs to do to bring itself into the modern age. Lots of churches are doing things like um, having websites and stuff like that it can be a new thing for mm-hmm. some churches. But Christianity is actually the fastest growing religion in the world. And just because we don't see it on our doorstep doesn't mean that it isn't growing elsewhere. Mm. Missions happen all the time. Yeah. And lots of people, I think I could be entirely wrong, but I believe China is like the fastest growing Christianity yeah, or something yeah. like that that could be mistaken but no, I, th- I definitely think yeah, you're right I've got something in the back of my head yeah. that says that I read something um, similar the other day that uh, uh, oh, I don't remember the fact exactly but it, it overtook mm-hmm. within the last yeah. however many years uh-huh. overtook every religion sure. that was prevalent in China yeah uh, I think it was last like 20 yeah. years or something which is very interesting because there is something that I find as part of the Christian Union St Andrews you do a lot of evangelism which mm. is you 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 go and you you speak to people who have different views than you who who really haven't ever um spoken about religion much mm. um and one thing that I found very interesting is that when a lot of international students come to university they're very 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 curious because it's so discouraged in their home countries to have any kind of belief system really? um, mm-hmm. where uh, China springs to mind really mm-hmm. parts of anyway um and sort of like look down upon religion yeah very much um some places it's banned banned Mm -hmm. um i couldn't tell if that's china don't quote me on that but there is definitely an l there there are places that is banned yeah that people are criminalized yeah um and so if people come to university and all of a sudden you know freedom of speech freedom of thought everything Mm. like you can you can discuss new ideas um so i do find a lot of it is ignorance not in the term of people being silly but but ignorance as in they don't know about it um and that is a big factor i think yeah um the idea that uh, having a thought could mm-hmm. be banned yeah isn't that crazy uh, that is the most mm-hmm. terrifying thing yeah imaginable isn't it mm. um like maybe if your thought was that uh all people who uh, are left-handed should die <laughs> maybe that thought. person should be like hmm, <laughs> yeah, we should maybe. look into this what's going on here <laughs> yeah but just to just to believe mm-hmm. differently D- to believe differently that was it that's you know, it was, yeah um Mm-hmm. That's it's very uh, 1984. <laughs> it um, is actually. So yeah, back to education. Yes, education. Tangent. Slightly, tangent over. Okay, right, yeah. Education. <laughs> Hit me up if you've got questions. Uh, medieval history. Yes. 
what's going on there. What, what is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, so medieval history is, so we split history into different periods mm. um, in the study of sort of history at university that isn't to do with um, like Neolithic eras and sort of earth science kind of history, like the history of the world. If we're talking about the history of the human race, then there's ancient history. There might be one before that, but I don't remember because I study a very specific period. <laughs> so there's ancient history. Everything and before medieval everything and before, everything after Everything after doesn't medieval matter. doesn't matter to me. So we stop at about the 1500s. Some universities define it differently. Some people go on to the 1600s. Some right. people start in sort of the ancient period, but the way St. Andrews does it is from about 476. Um, Four, BC. 476 BC, BC. To about 1500. 1500. Um, what's the one? AD, that's it. <laughs> good, good history knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. AD, that's a Christian term. It is indeed, because there's also the other ones. There's CE and something else, but I can never keep them in my head. Ah, uh, oh, I can never. I'm not, I forget them all the time. Oh, what is it? Because BC and AD and then CE and something. Yeah. I don't, is it CD? I don't know. That might be. C- CE? CE? CE is one of them, but I don't yeah. know what the other one is. Um probably should know that <laughs> so it finishes at when 15 1500 about 1500. there yeah um i have this weird thought that like if you think about like how how old the average person lives yeah how long it would be until like how many generations ago mm-hmm. that time period would be right and it's never that long <laughs> when you think about it <laughs> i went like, to a museum once that measured things in grannies yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we should measure things yeah. in grannies more often. It was often. like so. This was about eight grannies ago. Yeah, <laughs> I why, loved that. Why is that not an, a normal be, way yeah. of like what understanding a, what incremental an accessible time? Way of looking at things. Grannies, it's fantastic. So how many yeah. grannies was fifteen uh, hundred? Don't make me do maths. That's uh, not my. That's not my job. <laughs> what's the average Lots. granny? Yeah, not not that many. The average granny is what about? If you say it's 70, because right. back the average then, granny is seventy. Life expectancy wasn't that much. Yeah. let's do some quick math. Are you getting your calculator? I'm getting my calculator out. It's going to go horribly I'll, wrong. I'll entertain the audience. What year is this? 2020 <laughs> divided by. How do you do it? Divided by 70? Mm-hmm. No, no. no like, I don't know how to do math. 20, like, I don't do math. I've got this. I've got Look this. Right. 2020, 2020 minus. Minus 1500. Divided by 70. Divided by 70. 7.4. <laughs> <laughs> eight grannies. Eight grannies. <laughs> eight grannies. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. There's eight <laughs> seats in this room. Yes. All those people could, could sit in grannies. this room right now. Yeah. And that would be the equivalent combined age yeah. of how long Twitch. ago you're studying uh-huh. and that Isn't time that period seems like drastically different to it is, I mean, it is very fascinating mm-hmm. like no, it's, what was it's, going on there it's very interesting. interesting the one thing that i've discovered from studying medieval history is that humans do not change yeah i mean that humans <laughs> do not change you can read uh, something akin to a diary from 1500 or earlier and you can think that well, the setting changes. Human mm. experiences and nature is abjectly the same. <laughs> like there is not really that much change there. Um, Isn't obviously, that a bit sad? <laughs> well, it's interesting in a way because We're stuck in routine. Well, see, there's this whole thing called teleology, which is the idea that human civilization is progressing, and I'm abjectly against it because I think it makes people and the um, well, even the term the Dark Ages <laughs> um, seem as if they were stupid mm. and things like that when in fact they made most of the inventions that we sort of went on to improve upon like i'm very much against i'm very in favor of looking at people within their context and seeing Uh, them with their with what made sense to them then because 
we can't know what science is gonna say in another mm-hmm. hundred years and people will look back at us and be like what a bunch of idiots mm-hmm. and so <laughs> history is very much I about we're saying that now. yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> um people um history a lot of historical thought has been looking back and going aren't they daft <laughs> but just as what well, we don't know what's gonna happen in 10 years they yeah. didn't know what was gonna happen in 10 years so looking at people within their context is extremely important mm. that's yeah. fascinating uh is it european history um not specifically i do probably focus more on european history but we did the middle east as well right. and the crusades i mean abjectly are middle eastern mm. um like recovering the holy land mm-hmm. etc um we we that obviously so it's very interesting <laughs> you can't so cover everything yeah. in the sort of a three-year period and then obviously my fourth year um it will be more dissertation kind of based so it's your own interests um what was going on and <laughs> south america at this point i couldn't tell you that probably nothing much yeah there are i have specific knowledge and not broad knowledge yeah. at all that is the the downside of studying a quite a large period of time that does not have a lot of writing on it <laughs> sometimes it's yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, and sometimes it's so hard to like correlate between like oh wait this actually mm-hmm. happened probably the exact same time as this yeah, thing happened of course but they're yeah. so drastically different and social classes as well oh yeah because there's a lot 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 more written about the kings and the mm. queens and the emperors and the empresses than there was little jim the farmer down the road <laughs> like you don't get to know much about yeah. what their lives were like and that's why texts like the doomsday book which is d-o-m-e by the way it's not as fun as like doomsday i was so disappointed to find out <laughs> when they told us we were going to study the doomsday book i was like oh <laughs> fun no it's a book of like a census basically the doomsday book sounds so morbid it was william the conqueror if you know the song from horrible histories mm. um uh, william the Conqueror. yeah um 1066 the doomsday book he gave to history university degrees you don't need them you just need horrible histories um but that is sort of the first time um with one of the best resources to look back and see what Mm, I mean, the average person's life in terms of property was mm. like, but in terms of writings, it's very skewed. So um, it's very hard to know what people were actually like, unless there's there's some <clears throat> random accounts there, but the accounts are made by the privileged. Mm, and so you yeah. don't get to know the views of the many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so interesting, yeah. isn't it? The, unless it manifests, I support yeah. as in the form of revolts. That's sort of the only time that you can tell that public discourse kind of agreed with themselves right. but even then that's often minority groups so. yeah mm. it's always in the favor of those who can yep basically those mm. who controlled the press even back then <laughs> i suppose that's what's beneficial now with everyone being able to publish what they want at mm. any point yeah we have a, a basically an infinite amount of information we do every class and every mm-hmm. diversity and every yeah. minority and yet they still couldn't figure out that i couldn't see things in my head <laughs> <laughs> i'm <laughs> not better or anything yeah. uh but that's really interesting yeah. that you, when you did find that out mm-hmm. you could just go to a place and yeah yeah that, and you can find it yeah like this is a sort of it's like a massive privilege place that exists mm-hmm. in the air yeah <laughs> and you could find out <laughs> it's all this around us yeah yeah and but back then yeah and you're like wait 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 you, you can't picture things yeah and I mean, this guy is just freaking out yeah and he, he has no where to go um was it as bad as it's made out to be <laughs> no uh, some parts yes <laughs> but um, some parts no some parts not um everyday life i think follows very similar patterns i think 
um, for people who live in work on farms, for example, you're following the pattern of the sun as much as people were then. Mm. Um, there are differences in the amount of information that people had. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as I said, little farmer Jim would probably wouldn't know as much about the world as we did now, but then he would be able to get all his tasks done. Mm. So um, there is a question there of, are we happy with all of this information that we have or would we be more productive if we just had our own little job to do you know there's mm. discourse there um it wasn't as bad there are some things that are unquestionably rubbish <laughs> like mm. um, there are some atrocities that you couldn't even imagine um mm-hmm. but the maybe same, i could but you may, could maybe you could i don't know <laughs> you, you can visualize i've been quite scandalized i must say you, um, you'd have to you'd have to just imagine the words i would oh gosh i can't go over that it's gonna, <laughs> okay, everything's that. just gonna keep coming back to that but fair enough it's interesting i'm a freak <laughs> it's great this is probably you're probably gonna get tons of views if you market it as interview with person who can't see things in their head <laughs> i'm gonna get like a thousand people messaging me like oh, yeah. oh my god i'm like that i have the same thing (laughs) wouldn't that be fun yeah i'd be like well i can't relate (laughs) Um, if i get any people messaging me i'll send them on to you please do um Mm. the idea of being like are are we happier Mm -hmm. now with all that information or is actually kind of like daunting does Mm -hmm. it hold us back is it yeah a hindrance or all that Mm -hmm. it's such an an interesting thought Mm -hmm. it is interesting Um, but i think I think for most people, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. most people would rather just watch TV anyway. That is very true. You and have a point. It's procrastination of yeah. that monster in our society. We're, yeah, or, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're such consumers. Yes, we're not indeed uh, creators. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we are. I mm-hmm. think we all are. Uh, we all want to. We all kind of look at the same things. Sure. And we all want the same things. I mean, this notion of aesthetic that mm. has become so big. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a thing, but I don't think I've seen it around the internet so much before about 2010 when everybody just started going, oh, look at that aesthetic. Mm. Look at this aesthetic. It's almost like people want to live their lives by an aesthetic. Mm. Um, mm. And very much a scribe to an aesthetic, it's called. Like, yeah. if you want to be... Um, a real study person there's stuff on the internet about that there's there's study tube there's there's everything online that you can you can ascribe to that aesthetic you can buy their merchandise you can you can wear the same clothes that a study tuber who gets all a's wears and you can ascribe to this idea yeah you don't know about study tube it's my life (laughs) it's basically uh, not about booktube either no no okay so there's lots of youtube YouTube, YouTube. well it's on youtube it's subsections off youtube um so like for instance there's like gaming channels and that's kind of a section Mm. there's people who go to universities and schools and document how they study and that's called study tube and there's people who are very avid readers and um do reading vlogs and reviews and things like that and it's called booktube yeah Mm. Mm. um and those are very much they're i love them i must say (laughs) i am trash but it's an <laughs> but it's an undeniable aesthetic that yeah. a lots of people there are ascribing to, and you can see them do it online. Why do you think we're so attracted to that? Why are we so attracted mm. to seeing something and then wanting to almost recreate that stability? I'd stability. say, and an idea of if I do the same thing that this person is doing, I will get those same results. Mm. Which admittedly, they never no. they never say, obviously, no. and I don't believe any of them think that way, but a way of looking at it is for inspiration. Um, if you want to be somebody who can study for 10 hours a day and you watch a vlog with somebody who is studying for 10 hours a day, you look at it and you think, 
I could be that person. Mm. Look at them, they're doing it. If I followed the schedule that they have to available to print out on their drop down bar, I could do that too. Mm. And there's something in that that it seems like a, a path to success. Yeah. Or it's almost something like, like that. A gamification. You can mm-hmm. you can tick off the boxes yeah, and you exactly. can feel achieved. Uh-huh. Um I always think that a lot of things just come down to how achieved we can feel oh yeah things. Mm-hmm. so like people who create like little tasks sure. they obviously like people who create little tasks they feel more achieved and they can mm-hmm. end up doing more yeah because it's, it's broken down yeah. into incremental values mm-hmm. but people who aim for big tasks but that's sure. it's just one yeah. main goal do dissertation yeah yeah <laughs> it becomes much more difficult Definitely. because you don't realize how much you've achieved yet yeah, yeah. until you get to the end result and then it's kind of like mm-hmm. did i do it right did i tick all the boxes yeah. and you yeah it's hard to value things it is especially when in a lot of things there's an external valuating system mm, which means that mm, in school yeah, yeah, you yeah. for instance people oh, like yeah. me who loved school i was very happy to achieve those things that school told me to achieve mm. but for lots of things in life you say to yourself i want to learn the guitar and i am going to achieve the guitar but it's something you've decided you want to do mm. if you're in school you didn't ever say to you didn't even say i want to go to school and i want to <laughs> just... to get an a in maths <laughs> um that is but you are told that if you if you fail then you have failed then basically you <laughs> and you die um, your life is ruined <laughs> but the difference between you setting yourself a goal and mm. the school setting a goal for everybody that mm. is exactly the same um there's a real thing there that yeah. is an interesting thing to think about because you probably don't question it when you're in school mm-hmm. you just think i want to get so-and-so grades to get into so-and-so university or so-and-so apprenticeship um you don't ever sit back and go huh the meaning of value mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, we can I now mean, this is definitely <laughs> things that i think about yeah. on a daily basis the meaning of value do you think that uh the goals that are set for you mm-hmm. are easier to achieve than goals you set for yourself or do you think there's a uh, i think there's more help for goals that are set for you because uh they're for goals they're set for you and other people have done them and mm. there's um textbooks that you can buy mm. on them and um, it depends how left field the goal you're setting for yourself is if it's learn mm. the guitar there's a lot of resources available for that mm. if it's learn this tiny language that about two people speak <laughs> then there's there's gonna be less help available <laughs> and then it depends more on your determinism basically mm. determinism determination determinism is uh, another deter- topic determinism. <laughs> what's determinism determinism is the idea that um it's a sort of theological concept um that you were born and you will yeah you, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but all of your actions are already predetermined so oh, I could, right, so yeah. in a minute you're gonna touch the microphone but so it's not you doing it yeah, it's not yeah. that kind of thing it's an idea it's rubbish it's oh, total no, crap <laughs> oh my gosh um, i predicted it <laughs> so it's almost like the idea of a simulation kind of it's an idea against free will though mm. there are some people who say that the two things work in correlation but i am dubious about that what do you think is the case well i think that free will is well obviously coming from a christian viewpoint free will is everything and mm. um, that is one of the the, the major tenets of faith is that god created us and gave us free will to decide mm. to do whatever the heck you want to do um and that you can choose to listen to god's commands and do them but it is a the choice is a very essential factor there i think if you're looking at determinism it means i was determined to do this thing it takes away any responsibility 
that you have in your life mm, in any sense yeah. of it. So um, I, I personally disagree with it, but there are lots of schools yeah. of thought out there that are much too intelligent for me to if comprehend. If already <laughs> set out, I could just stand up and punch you. Yeah, you could and, do. And, and it was fine. You and, were predetermined yeah, to do that. Yeah. I, I wasn't doing it. Yeah. It was just fate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It does seem like a sort of like a, a way of escaping. It your, does a bit. There's definitely guilt. that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, do you think when you come across people who are not just not religious mm-hmm. but against religion yeah do you think there's no possible way you could have a relationship with them like, oh do you no oh no we've <laughs> yeah. been friends with lots of people who are very much against religion against religion yeah i'd say so because mm. most people i just want to put out are lovely <laughs> mm. even if they are I, I mean i've never been friends with anybody who's like um shouting like, in the streets level yeah yeah <laughs> most people are actually very most nice people are very interested in different opinions yeah. as you can talk people mm. don't get that i don't think people no. you can talk to anyone most people yeah. are going to talk to you yeah most people are nice yeah most people are nice most, that is something most people i know are lovely we should yeah make mm-hmm. known yeah most people are nice most people are curious most people are curious most people are curious they're just most people like talking wanting to know how you think of things and then they like to say huh i think of it this way and then you have a fun little dialogue going about how you think of things and literally the mm -hmm. reason i have this exactly (laughs) see you qualify as a nice person (laughs) (laughs) you're elizabeth approved (laughs) yes i need a sticker um i'll have to make some you should definitely and i should be the first recipient uh back on track yeah so you can you can totally be friends with people oh, who are... hundred percent. I mean, the gospel calls Christians not to judge, for one, um, mm. and to um, love, love though, thy neighbour. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> not not um, to judge. To, to love thy neighbour, etc. To, um, um, to not be a stumbling block is a big one to somebody coming to a faith. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> mm. um, as, as a big no-no to be the person that says, you could never be religious because Ooh. of this thing, that thing, the other yeah. thing. That is like the polar opposite because Jesus' life was one of... Um, outcast like he was he was an outcast and he spent time with other outcasts and mm. that's why he was so left field in terms of a lot of other religions that they are their their god their person um is quite a distant figure almost whereas in christianity jesus came to earth as a like he was born in a stable and he was a carpenter and he was humble and he was beaten and abused and killed by the time he was 33 like he was mm. well, like 33 gosh my theology is bad <laughs> um, i think it's that anyway um but maybe he started his ministry at the, i don't know anyway when he was very young yeah. he was he was crucified um and it's not a it's not a tale of glory by any means no. it's a tale of walking among the undesirables of society befriending prostitutes where many of his his closest friends mm. like um talking to the the dregs of society literally the disabled who back then were thought to maybe be demon possessed etc he sounds um, so rock and roll he was rock and roll <laughs> good jesus <laughs> um and so if you're if you're honestly trying to follow that example in your life you're not staying mm. you're not staying within your tribe of little happy christians who all agree with the same thing that's exactly the opposite of what you want to be doing mm. what you want to be doing is talking to people who have different opinions than you mm. and having intelligent discourse with them and that way, I mean, the real, the thing that the St. Andrew's Christian Union, the, um, their motto is to give every single person in St. Andrew's the chance to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. So it's not indoctrinating everybody by any means. It's just that they have the option, that they have heard of it. <laughs> That's mm. all it is, really. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, we should always encourage conversation. Exactly. We should always encourage people just to think different, mm-hmm. regardless if it makes no difference. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's just thought experiments. Bene- it's always beneficial. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 Stepping into how somebody else thinks about things is yeah. never going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you... Like, I feel like there's like a sort of like... There's like sound bit or not sound bit. There's like a there's like a handful of things that sure. people always like bounce to. It's like oh, uh-huh. this is why religion's bad. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. War <laughs> is a big one that comes war. to mind. People say um, like um, wars are being thought thought in the name of religion. That's a thing mm. that lands on Islam a lot. Mm. Is that people say oh Islam is a hateful religion because wars are being fought. But I could right now go start a war in the name of Tom Gibson. Yeah, you don't have anything to do Thank with that. I could I could just well I mean that could sounds, I? That I sounds cool. Um, <laughs> But it's, can it's it be a, a war of water guns though <laughs> I don't well, want anyone yes. to get hurt <laughs> it can be that or snowballs <laughs> yeah that's definitely the case I feel like war is, is a weak one war, war is, is one that gets war mentioned war is, is literally never to do with anything but mm-hmm. greed yeah no um, I would totally agree yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and, and misguided horrible yeah. horrible stupid stupid thing <laughs> um, but like uh, what about things like uh, or like people being gay mm-hmm. as, as yeah. how how is like subjects like that handled yeah that is a one that gets mentioned a lot mm. and it is one that there is a lot of sensitive debate about and a lot of people think very differently on all sides of the spectrum yeah. so um i wouldn't speak for anybody who is goes to the same church as me for instance like everybody has a different yeah, opinion yeah, on course, that yeah. um i there's think no the main set no rule. there's no it yeah. is one of those things that is uh, every person different. you speak to could have a different opinion what i think the christian message is to Towards that is that God is a God of love and nobody has the right to judge anybody else especially I think if somebody is not a Christian and they want to live their lives however they want it's none of my business mm. it's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to do with me um, like there there should never be anything that stop somebody from coming to church and hearing the message i would say something like that right um and nobody should do anything hateful against anybody in general mm. uh, people are people and yeah. people should be treated with utmost respect always that's beautiful thank you <laughs> but are they going to hell that is I, well i mean if somebody's not a christian they're going to hell yeah um that's that's not excluding i mean that's, that's a hard way of putting it sorry it's a bit tough that <laughs> um but that's just how i believe that doesn't mean that yeah. everybody doesn't have a it doesn't mean god isn't just it doesn't mean anything like that if you if you say to me then what about you know um a child who died at the age of eight mm. um they were they didn't have a thought system would they be going to hell i would say absolutely not god is a god who is just mm. and who sees things and presumably those who have never come in contact with Christianity. no of course no yeah. i would say absolutely god knows people's situations i mean he created everybody and he mm. he sees everything so i think for sure um that all comes back to god is just and god is love <laughs> mm. yeah that's okay yeah <laughs> no, no one can really argue with that <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's pretty watertight <laughs> um uh you were talking about uh medieval history again yes indeed all these different conversations uh w- 
when you, when you were talking about when you wanted to go study, did you yeah. say that was one of the ones you actually you wanted to go study? Yeah, about? medieval history was always one half of the degree yeah. I wanted to do. I always wanted that? to do a joint degree. I don't know why. Why why medieval history? Well, mm, I mean, on in honesty, it's because of Marilyn, the TV show. Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. I just love. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. But I am. I just love that whole era, and that era, I've never actually studied anything to do with it since going to uni, of course. But um, <laughs> it was that kind of era, just really interesting me the romanticism of it um yeah. in modern times to be honest another reason was that i was sick and fed up with the two world wars i couldn't deal oh, yeah. i know <laughs> um because that was the, the modern history department at St andrews is excellent and they do a lot of very interesting things and they go from sort of like the tudors the renaissance kind of onwards mm. um and so there's a lot of stuff there that i've missed out on but if you'd had to ask me to study the industrial revolution the wars again i would have cried so i thought just go way back into the past and I'll never have to look at it again. <laughs> um, and translation, right? Yeah. How do you translate a garden? Translate a garden, yeah. right. So the garden itself is to do with that, um, it's called reader response theory in a way that, um, I cannot remember who did it, but it, that is basically the idea that you are looking at something and you are giving it meaning by looking at it and the author which in this case is an author of a garden. It's a garden. <laughs> voice is cracked. It's a garden in. <laughs> where is it? It's in Scotland somewhere. My head is saying Sterling, but it is not in Sterling. I couldn't tell you. But it's this really cool project that this uh, this man did, and he um, and he created the garden, and he created it with literature throughout it. Um, so there's like the first plaque is a quote from somebody. I don't remember what it is exactly, but there's quotes all around it basically, and there there's poems within like the paving stones. There's stuff like that everywhere, and it's as if literature has become this garden, and this garden itself is literature. Do you know what? Wait, what's what's this place called? I will look it up. Could not. I tell think you. I've been here. You might have done. It's um, um, we were meant to go, and then we never went. <laughs> was it? Is it someone's own personal little? Uh huh. It is. I mean, I believe the man who created it has died yeah. now, and it's now is it a, a fund or something. Little Sparta, Sparta. Little, little Sparta. Sparta. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that is it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I knew it had a funky name. Yeah, we studied it. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely worth a visit. That's a, that's it's an cool. Place, yeah. yeah, we never. We were meant to go, and then something happened, and it was snow or something, and we couldn't go. I don't remember, but um, I've been meaning to go ever since I studied it because it was fascinating. Mm. So, was his intention to create something um. that <laughs> that was could could be taken in that sense? Could be. Uh, deciphered and and yeah broken down and i think his garden's very deleberate in that he yeah, has made it, it very thought-provoking mm. there's things like the one that i found most interesting was he had a big like a fin off a submarine just sticking out of the ground at one point with nothing around it to right. reference it and that was meant to remind us that there are nuclear submarines all around mm, scotland right. and you could walk right past the fin of a submarine and not have any idea that it's there mm. that it's sort of it's, it's around you the whole time kind of mm. thing um so it's very it's subliminal just, yeah, it's <laughs> like a series of metaphors yes indeed yeah. fascinating stuff yeah. <laughs> so interesting mm-hmm. it's weird when there's people like this who yeah. think so different from us and yeah, think, yeah. this is what I'm going to do in my time. I'm going <laughs> to make... Learn how to garden. <laughs> like a, just this massive installation yeah. of art. And Must be fun. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what really inspired him. I don't know if there's much information on like, why he really did you know, this. Or? We're getting back to my whole Sev brain thing again because <laughs> I can't remember anything. Um, <laughs> they have a very interesting guidebook, which was the book that we studied right. in relation to it. So it had all the pictures and it had some backstory to it kind of thing. Um, but I couldn't tell you because I forgot everything about it. <laughs> but it was cool. Give it a read. <laughs> um, have you got anything anything in that 
wonderful laptop. Isn't that well, I think my wonderful laptop might be dead. <laughs> oh goodness. I think it is dead, but I mean, you can pick my brain about anything you've got any ideas about. Um, <laughs> well, we've just hit an hour mark. Have we? Yeah. <gasps> doesn't feel like it, does it? That's crazy. It goes so fast. My days. I speak a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. That's perfect great. version of a podcast. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to plug or show off? Plug? Or, or <laughs> um, not really. Um, I think I've probably said everything that I want to say. Do you have any outlets you want to show off? Any outlets? I mean, I've got a fun Instagram that's not so fun anymore. There you go. It's at Elizabeth under dash Rainer. Yeah, your it's Instagram very cool. used to be like... I know. I've let it but go. Not, it's not even that you've let it go. It's you just don't upload. Yeah. The See, like if you go through it as an, as an archive of <laughs> quality content. I know, right? I used to upload every day in high school for a year. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Every day for every a day. year? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I remember like the peak of my life was when somebody like commented on Twitter. Somebody from high school, I think it might... I cannot actually tell you who it was, who basically said like... Um, I relate to Elizabeth Rader's Instagram uh-huh. and I was like well that's me done <laughs> you've won I've achieved life that's um, uh, that, but no that, I've let uh, it go a bit finding achievement <laughs> yeah that's it that was it that's all I'm done I'm happy now <laughs> oh you just not upload you just don't the time well I don't have as much I think my creativity has been run dry by university oh. whereas in school I would have people take pictures of me doing funny things <laughs> or so you always had you always had some <laughs> sort of thing around to take a picture of and then at university I have about three contact hours a week and then the rest of the time I'm just in the library or in my own house studying by myself so there's not so much stuff this going is so on stressful. it is quite stressful not gonna lie <laughs> you're giving me anxiety just thinking about am it. I <laughs> giving myself anxiety gosh <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back to it <laughs> so, are you looking forward I am I'm looking forward and I'm simultaneously terrified because it will be fourth year and mm. that's like the the year of nightmares but I want to get the grand finale yeah the grand finale and then a master's probably yeah but I want to I want to a, a master's doing museum education oh, yeah, I you think said, yeah. potentially if I get in please that sounds, amazing. <laughs> that sounds like the best job imaginable I think it'd be fast I love planning events mm. and things like that I love being sociable I don't want to be trapped away in a wee pokey wee research facility necessarily please become <laughs> a, a museum curator oh i'd love to and and invite me to everything okay shall do <laughs> please, done deal please do this yeah. <laughs> i want to become lucy worsley yeah. that's my end goal of life so cool yeah she's oh, so cool i love her i'm excited for you thank you very much <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you very much for thank coming you. on it's awesome to speak with you and talk about all these great things <laughs> and i still don't understand how you can imagine things i know thank you <laughs> thank you goodbye <laughs> Thank you.